Welcome to the My Home, My Mission podcast, a conversation about life at the intersection of faith and family. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Chris, and I'm in the studio this morning with my co-host Jordan. Hello. We are wrapping up uh, today this series we've been in for, I guess this is the fourth week now, on communication or coaching communication. And uh, we've been just talking through over the last several weeks the subject of you know, our words, the power that's in our words, how God shapes us, and uh, how the shape of our hearts revealed in our words. We've talked about mentoring um, those that we have uh, responsibility to, to shape as spiritual leaders. Uh, we've talked about um, how we should use our words to further the mission. And uh, today I want to talk on the subject of how we see um, the ends of the earth or uh, as it relates to the digital world that we live in. And uh, we're going to talk about that. But let me encourage you, as we've done the last couple of weeks, um, this is episode 58. If you've not picked up on the previous episodes, I know you're going to hate this, but I'd encourage you to pause. Just, Just put this on hold. Go back to... Uh, the previous episodes. They start at episode 55 and then 56, 57, and then, and then come back here because uh, I think you'll miss something in 58 if you've not caught on what we kind of laid the foundation with in 55. Uh, if you've not understood what it is to mentor others or how we further the mission in 56, 57, then I think you'll miss this idea here that deals with the ends of the earth. Um, or the digital platforms that we're talking about, okay? So uh, kind of set the stage on this thing right here. Um, I, Jordan, I'm just going to tell you, man, I'm a little bit old school when it comes to this idea of communication. Uh, every, <laughs> I know, I know. I get off my lawn. So anyway, um, I, I mean, I use social media a lot. I have a web page. I have a uh, a blog, um, which, by the way, for the uninformed, is a web log. It's a place where you list articles. So anyway, um, <laughs> I write to that medium often. Um, I, you know, so I'm all into the public media stuff. That I'm all into that. But at the same time, there's a part of me that says, "Man, why can't we just go back to face to face, front porch?" or living room conversations in what we do that maybe we've drifted too far over into the digital realm to really appreciate personal interaction. And uh, tell me why I'm an old guy and why I need to get over myself. Oh, you're not as far <laughs> as far back as you think you are. Uh, no, no, this is good. I, th- I think I think the same way. I'm, I'm still... Uh, I'm in that generation that didn't have social media through yeah. high school and college. Um, so I still think that way too. And I think that's good, but we, it's there and we've got to deal with it. It's the yeah. reality. Yeah, man. The way you said that just makes it uh, really clear. There is a generation behind us though, yep. that this was the normal way of communicating online. They're digital natives. I think is the terminology yeah. for it. So they've always had digital communication, digital platforms and, uh, even for an old guy, if I'm going to act like I'm old now, uh, even for an old guy like me or somebody who's nostalgic about that, man, we should we should put down our devices and talk face to face. The fact is, is that's not the world we live in. 
the world we live in is digitally based now, and uh, we can't, as one old general said, uh, everybody wants to fight the war that you want to fight, but you, instead you've got to fight the war that you're in. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, the world we're in today, digital communication is a platform of how people interact. And uh, here's why that's a big deal. The nostalgic part of me might say, why don't you just get off of social media and go meet your neighbor? The fact of the matter is, is we're going to meet our neighbors and others on social media and uh, in the public space. So we really need to be mm -hmm. thinking, how do we leverage that or use that or embrace that as part of the mission? So great commission. Um, yeah. uh, bear witness of me in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost or the ends of the earth. And uh, so we're to bear witness of Jesus where we are in the areas around us and even to places that are cross-cultural to us. And I think one of those fields, we don't often think of it because we like to think of that geographically, but mm -hmm. one of those fields may be the digital space. Um, so where I might have in a previous time in my life said, just get off of it. I think today God's teaching me we just have to actually learn how to better interact on it as part of the field that we're in. What, does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure, hundred percent makes sense. Uh, it's it is there. It's unavoidable, and uh, we we can find ourselves in trouble on on there if we're not careful. We don't think through it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so how we do that, being careful, is important. Now, not a new conversation. Lots of guys have written about engaging in the public space or the digital space, and have noted that in the world we live in, like we talked about in previous episodes, it's actually you get a bigger, you get a better applause or more followers if you zing somebody. Yeah. Uh, you just hammer on, make them look goofy or something of that nature, uh, than if you actually make your point. Um, because it's not about what's right necessarily. That's not always the win. The win may be uh, just destroying somebody from a cultural perspective. Um, but that being said, uh, guys like uh, Ed Stetzer, he wrote in his book Christians in an Age of Outrage, um, he wrote in there that we just we need to engage, but we need to engage not in the way that the world does. We need to think about this to where we're modeling fruit of the Spirit, we're modeling Jesus' sobriety of conversation, we're moving in a proper objective, that sort of thing. Um, and then I was listening recently, I shared this with you before we got on in the studio, um, I was listening recently to a public figure, a public commentator, a guy by the name of Daniel Darling, uh, who's an author, speaker, uh, speaks to all kinds of issues, public issues in politics and in social cultural issues, does it from a theological standpoint. And uh, he kind of engaged in this conversation as well. So part of my thinking now is uh, affected by him too. So I want to give props where props are due and, mm -hmm. uh, and then kind of approach it this way. Uh, I was trying to think, if we're going to engage the digital uh, realm as part of our ends of the earth strategy, um, if that's really part of our mission, mission field, our engagement zone, then, hey, there's some tips to help us as Christ followers engage in those. And what would I be without a list? So let me give you seven <laughs> helpful tips for those who are online in the ends of the earth arena as it relates to the digital field. So first of all, I would say, man, we would be wise to understand the context where we are. So how you interact, how I interact on my blog, my my mechanism for sharing articles is different than how I'm going to interact on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or what have you. So um, those 
areas like Twitter and TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but maybe I should be, but I just don't think no, anyone wants to see. No, you don't need to see. I don't need to be dancing. good. I don't have any, nothing good. <laughs> I don't think I have any dancing cat videos, so I don't know that I could <laughs> do anything there. But anyway, so, um, you know, those at the avenues, depending on the avenue, may not be the best forum to engage in commenting on what's happening in the yeah. world or rebuking someone. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's... Uh... Yeah. It, it, so Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, although I don't understand TikTok either. I'm not on there. And we're I, old together. It seems I, so I am, I have drawn my line in the sand. I'm not <laughs> going to be on there. Neither will my kids. I've just seen, I've just heard and seen too many things. Uh, crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's a different world. It's a different world on there. Um, and you are in the public when you're, when you're responding and dealing with people there in those places, um, it, that's there's conversation and really, especially Twitter. I don't know what what it is about Twitter, but when you get on there, even people in the Christian world, it just seems like everything can easily easily go toward negative, go toward argument, go toward. Uh, it can go toward ungodly really fast. So we just have to be guarded, careful in that context. Yeah. So like Twitter, I'm still in that space, but barely. I mostly mm-hmm. go there to see what people are angry about. Yeah. And uh, then I go somewhere else to read about it in more in depth. But like Twitter, <laughs> I mean, you're limited to a certain number of characters. I think 280 characters or something in a tweet or, you know, a statement that you can make. So when people want to have a protracted argument, they want to give five reasons to do blah, blah, blah. That's going to be seven or eight tweets that they're going to put together. Mm-hmm. And you're just begging for somebody to take number three right out of context and then just hammer you on number three. And nobody ever goes back to numbers one and two or five, six and seven or whatever. They just stuck on this one. So it really makes us think more in soundbite versus a comprehensive argument. So um, understand your context. If you're on one of these media platforms, it's public. It may not be conducive to a coherent argument. So be careful in what you do. Um, second tip I would say would be to understand the issue, whatever you're discussing. Now, this is crazy. I know nobody's going to believe this, but I've read where people who have no basis of understanding about a subject actually comment like they're subject matter experts <laughs> on it. Um, and, and they say that they I read somewhere recently, uh, you know, a, a public figure gotten in trouble about something or other. And this was how the comment read. It said, uh, I don't really know anything about this guy, but if this happened, well, let me tell you, that's terrible. And you kind of go, do what? You just said you have no idea what the conversation's about and you threw out this left field deal. So yeah. we need to understand the issue if we're going to comment on it a little bit. Would you agree with that? Yes, for sure. And I mean, it's, it's just, you know, there's just argument online. It's just kind of part of the culture out there. You could go into, uh, you could walk into your connect group and you could say, man, uh, black coffee's the best. And and you might get a little argument. You might get a little uh, <laughs> something. But you go on Twitter and you say that. You go on Facebook and you say that. Then you're going to get uh, destroyed on there about it. 
Uh, there are lots so, of wrong people that think you should put cream in your coffee oh, I know. or whatever. I mean, I what's wrong with these people? I know that. <laughs> I mean, this we've got their microphone here. We can say whatever we, we want. We can say what we want, and they can't respond. That's so right. we can say that kind of stuff here. Well, if but, we're not careful, though, they'll cancel us, and then we'll have to start over. It'll be that's terrible. True. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so understand the issue you're talking about. Here's another one, um, and I think uh, I think Darling helped me put you know, some words around this to make sense. Dan Darling, here's a, here's what he said. He said that some people think when you put things out in the public space on social media or what have you, that it's private still. Like they were mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't think anybody would read that. And he said, we would be wise to think about our comments in the context of our followers. So if you're on your Facebook and you've got 20 people that are your Facebook friends, just know everything you say, you're saying to a room of 20 people. Mm-hmm. If you've got a hundred friends, then you're saying it to an audience of a hundred, even if you don't think you are. And if you've got a thousand friends, then you're saying it to an audience of a thousand. And if you're like me and you make a comment on one side, it automatically populates to the others. That just multiplies through there. So would you say what you said to a room of a thousand people and think that nobody's going to pay attention to it? And if so, don't say it because you're wrong. You're putting it in the public sphere. Yeah. So that's a that's a such a big deal. And, um, you know, there are some things which we would never say in front of our grandmother or we would (laughs) never say in a large room because we don't want those things to get out. And we ought not hide behind the apparent um, uh, anonymity of sitting at our computer screen and just unloading our thoughts, thinking that the world's not going to see, because it's there and stuck forever. It's there forever. That's yep. it. And even if you deleted it, screenshotted somewhere, it's it's there. And really, this is probably part of the draw for a lot of people, because before this came along, nobody had an audience. I mean, well, very few people had an yeah, audience. Right. And so now... Uh, uh, Grandma's got an audience of 500 people. Yeah, and if she says something salacious enough, it could grow to 5 million overnight. She could go viral, yeah. and now she's got yeah. a ton of people paying attention. And, yeah. I mean, who knew that somebody's grandmother living in the middle of Tennessee would have an opinion on New York City politics or what just <laughs> took place? I mean, who knew? Yeah. Uh, the Internet. It's a beautiful thing, and it's a terrible thing, all wrapped up in a giant burrito, man. It's just uh, <laughs> it's crazy. So that's uh, tip number three. Remember, everything is in in public. So understand your context, understand the issue, remember you're in public. Number four, speak to the issue and honor the individual. Speak to the issue and honor the individual. In other words, the person you're interacting with is made in the image of God. And because they're made in the image of God, we need to honor the image of God in them and treat them with honor and respect, even if we disagree with the issue. And I disagree with a lot that people say. I disagree with me sometimes. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, is whether you agree or disagree, that doesn't change the value or worth of the individual itself. Do you ever see examples of people blowing that or? All the time. Yeah, we dehumanize people and uh, we we don't think of them. You know, this is somebody's uh, son or daughter or that Mm. sort of thing all the time. This is another example of it. So we think about that with issues like uh, when we teach, you know, our milestone month that comes up in October, we'll teach this to parents and students. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll teach, you know, how important is the image of God and purity and things yeah. like that. 
same thing with with this. How important is this person in the in the eyes of God that we're about to talk to? Yeah, that's a huge yeah. deal. And you know, uh, I would go. I would take a step here and go to number five and say that um, if we have the opportunity in this mission field of the ends of the earth, we ought mm-hmm. to try to use it to build people up and to encourage people toward right yeah. uh, living, right thinking, right acting in what they do. So. Um, let me say it. Let me say it in a negative way for just a second, and say, you don't have to get involved in every discussion or take a stand <laughs> against everything that takes place out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your voice may not be the most essential. If you're not voting That's in right. a New York City election, should you really be commenting on the mayoral race there or what have you? It's not your yeah. lane. Um, one of my favorite Proverbs, Jordan, is uh, Proverbs 26, verse 17. Uh, it says, Like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that's if you good. reach up and you grab another guy's dog by the ear, you know you're going to get bit, right? I mean, that's going <laughs> to happen. Uh, if yep. I went by and grabbed Tucker by the ear and I pulled, you'd get licked. You'd get I, licked. You say I'd get licked, but eventually Tucker's <laughs> going to get tired of my hands being on his ear, and he's going to turn around and nip at me. Uh, but uh, until then, he'll just lick me to death and stuff. And so, so I just finished. Um, I am way behind on this, but I just finished uh, Dale Carnegie's book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence yeah. People, about a month ago. Right. Uh, and so I'm going to apply one of his principles to this, even though this wasn't around when he wrote that book. Right. Um, when when there's something online that that we feel the need to respond to, uh-huh. that's not our business. Right. Uh, well, let me so let me back up for a second. Uh, a lot of times, the case is that that person's got people in their life that that should respond to them, that they're accountable to, that they're you know they're that's their that's their lane. Mm-hmm. But uh, if there's something that that you just you have to respond to and you can't help it but it's out of your lane one good practical way to handle that is open the notes app on your phone write out your response just vent yep. write out your response in that notes app then delete it <laughs> you're right carnegie would never have said that because he didn't even know what a tablet he know, was he didn't know what a note <laughs> he would app have just was. say tore it up tear it up yeah. destroy it write yeah. a letter <laughs> put it in an envelope seal it and throw it in the trash. That's, That's what he right. would say. That's exactly right. <laughs> but that does, that helps us get the get that frustration in ourselves out without putting it out in the public sphere. So now here's the pushback some might give. Well, if we're if this is the mission field, Chris, if this is really ends of the earth, shouldn't we be speaking for God in the ends of the earth? And the answer yeah. is yes, we should. But if we're playing the long game, do we really mm-hmm. want to alienate someone over an otherwise minor situation yeah. when what we really want to do is to win the war and help them see things differently in a major situation? So you can alienate someone over whether or not there ought to be a curfew in city X in state Y if you want to. Yeah. But in reality, why don't you just let that one go by and go, man, let's pray for leaders to make good and wise decisions and then help somebody move toward righteousness God's yeah. way in another area so it's really it's really the way that like the way I'll interact with a book I'm reading mm-hmm. I'll I'll write things in the book and I'll argue with the with the writer um, and mm-hmm. I'm not doing that to make a point with the writer yeah I'm not arguing with 
uh, Dr. Moeller yeah. or John Piper That's or somebody good. or they, Dale Carnegie. Yeah. I'm not arguing with them. <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm writing down my response to them. And what I find most of the time is that I'll find that God works on me or where I was wrong. I see how I see how bad the comment was. Yeah. If I write in my notes app a response to something that that I was thinking about putting in a comment section, which I don't I just don't comment, but yeah. Um, if that's what I were to do, most of the time, if I let that sit a minute, I'll read it again, and then I'll decide, well, I'm glad I didn't send that. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. <laughs> um, anytime you've got a spicy comment that you want to throw out on something, it's probably best to just pause long enough yeah. to let that cool. And yeah. if the next day it's still important, then yeah. launch it. But Show if it to it's your the, wife, too. Ooh. And then see if, uh, see if you still want to send it then. Yeah, I know. So Jody, Jody is my corrector. She fixes to, stuff, too. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> All right. Number six. This is going to be crazy, but assume the best about others hmm. and be open to critique as an action of love towards you. So uh, when you hear something, you see something, you read something that seems odd, it's out of character maybe, assume the best. Just yeah. give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe what you're hearing, feeling, thinking in that moment is not true. Maybe what you've always understood about that individual is true. And assume the best and let let it prove the worst if it's going to be proven the worst. But don't just default to this terrible, awful perspective on a thing, whether it's about a person or a situation or a circumstance, whatever it is. Um and then, I think this one's tough for me and probably for most folks, be open to critique of yourself, assuming the best. They're not trying to harm me, but they're actually trying to help me in love. So when somebody comes to you and they go, hey, Chris, your comments the other day, man, those things had kind of barbs on them. And I'm not sure that was really what you were going for. Is it what you were going for? Instead of thinking, oh, they just hate me or they don't understand or they want my platform. Just sit back and go, hey, wait a minute. What if they're actually just doing this because they care about me? And let me assume that, assume the best of them hmm. in that process. So do you ever find it tough to accept critique when people throw it at you? Oh, yeah. There's no such thing as not taking critique personally. I don't think it's a, it's a matter of conditioning our brains and our hearts to receiving it and, and uh, how we approach receiving it, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And as long as we're in the, the ends of the earth space and we're up to number seven, let's just throw this one. Hey, as a Christ follower, always be biblical in your actions. Uh, Matthew 18 tells us about correcting in that space, and uh, it speaks of it in the context of a relational family. So you're, it's a Jesus follower to a Jesus follower. And the principle of Matthew 18 says you want to do that correction in as small a space as the offense occurred. So if your brother sins against you, you go to your brother and solve yeah. it. Um, if your brother doesn't uh, change, then it says expand that circle to two or three witnesses so that there'll be a witness to the fact that he wouldn't change when you corrected him. Go back and do it again. If he still doesn't do it, then his, his restoration is so significant that at that point you've got to take it out to the wider family of believers um, and in order to deal with that. Here's what it didn't say. Take it out to the culture and destroy him in front of that's the right. whole world. Yeah. It said, leave it in the circle that's there, and you ever expand it. But your goal is to restore a relationship, not to destroy or pummel 
a brother, yeah. if that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That's good. Good. So, hey, guys, that's uh, seven helpful tips. You may have 17 more that you wanted to add, and if so, we'd love to hear about them in the comments. Uh, send us an email. Drop us some uh, a note at the end, and I hope you've enjoyed this four-week series on the subject of coaching and communication. We'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for joining us for the My Home, My Mission podcast. If today's episode was helpful to you, please subscribe, share it with a friend, and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to contact Chris or Jordan, email us at home at inglewoodbaptist.com.